Hey folks, you own firearms? I do. Did you know that there's an easy way for you to let everyone around you quickly see whether your firearm is loaded or unloaded? Meet muzzle stick, barrel, and chamber flags. Muzzle stick, chamber, and barrel flags offer a way for anyone, whether they handle firearms or not, to quickly see the loaded or unloaded status of a firearm. That could save lives. Are you one of nearly 80% of firearms owners that keep a loaded gun out of the safe for personal protection? Well, Taking an extra precaution by using muzzle sticks, big bright barrel, and chamber flags will let everyone around you know if the firearm is loaded or unloaded. Muzzle stick does not recommend keeping a loaded firearm outside of a gun safe, but the reality is that some people do. And a clearly marked gun's status communicates to others around that may not have firearm handling experience and it is something that they would not want to handle. Muzzle stick is not intended to replace the rules of firearm safety. However, their chamber and barrel flags do offer firearms rapid clear identification, and that could save lives. It's time for you to do everything you can to be a safe and responsible firearms owner. Head over to muzzlestick, M-U-Z-L-S-T-I-K dot com to place your order. One more time, that's muzzlestick, M-U-Z-L-S-T-I-K dot com. After all, we only have one life to live. Hello, America, and happy Tuesday. Yes, the morning after. The morning after one of the greatest earthquakes in Supreme Court history. Last night, the extraordinary leak of a draft opinion of the Mississippi abortion case, the one known as Hobbs. Somebody in the Supreme Court leaked a draft of the emerging majority opinion, apparently written by Justice Alito. It has now been confirmed by the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts. This is an authentic leak. He called it egregious, a violation of trust, needed to be investigated. It does indeed. And there are two news elements to this, right? The first is that yet another institution has been betrayed by its employees, most likely. We've seen the NSA betrayed when its secret mechanisms were exposed by Edward Snowden. We've seen the CIA crown jewels, or the family jewels, as they were called, leaked by folks. We've seen FISA leaked on Carter Page. We've seen President Trump's own private conversations with world leaders, something that was always sacrosanct for presidents, leaked, leading to impeachment for Democrats, uh, using it as a political game. And now, for the first time, we've seen the emerging private deliberations of a Supreme Court leaked out weeks or months before a final ruling would be there. It is a ground-shifting moment in the trust that justices will see in each other and in their clerks and in their employees. And it's a moment, I doubt, that the Supreme Court will ever fully recover from. It changes the nature of deliberations and the trust that will go on in the court in the years ahead, no matter what the outcome, no matter who gets caught, no matter what the punishment, whatever. That's the first news. The second news is the ruling, as it was constructed in its draft form back in February, indicates that there is a majority, five justices, who now support overturning Roe v. Wade and upholding the Mississippi law. There could be a sixth one. We, we don't know where Chief Justice John Roberts stands as of this moment. He wasn't on, according to Politico, the original opinion. But this publication has two things. The abortion debate in America about to have a profound change. Now, that doesn't mean abortion is being outlawed all across the country. If this ruling does take effect the way it was leaked 
in the draft form. What it means is that states will be able to decide for themselves what the appropriate measure is for abortion. Maybe it's a ban. States like Alabama have talked about banning it. Arkansas talked about banning it, tried once before. Then there are states like California and New York that will expand it. It will return to a state's rights opportunity, which is what a lot of people in this country have wanted. And I want to point out at this moment, because a lot of people don't remember this, but near the end of her time as a Supreme Court justice, the revered Ruth Bader Ginsburg, yes, she was a liberal, a lot of conservatives didn't like her philosophies, but they respected her for her mind, her jurisprudence, her honesty, her willingness to work with her colleagues. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the liberal icon for so many liberal Americans, once said that she believed the Roe v. Wade decision was a heavy-handed judicial intervention that was difficult to justify. Doesn't mean she was against abortion rights. She clearly supported abortion rights. But she did not believe the court had used a lawful mechanism, a constitutional mechanism to get there under the privacy standard. She suggested equal protection. At the end of the day, the fact that even a liberal justice could see that Roe v. Wade was flawed probably will guide the final outcome in the court. But a traumatic leak, a traumatic outcome at the Supreme Court, and a dramatic future ruling on the horizon at the Supreme Court We have a perfect lineup to address that momentous news. Joining us in just a few minutes is the former Solicitor General of the United States who argued many successful cases before the Supreme Court, a former appeals court judge himself, the former Whitewater prosecutor, one of the greatest legal minds in the conservative movement. Judge Kenneth Starr is going to be here in just a few minutes. He's going to give us all of his analysis, what this means for the court, what the ruling is. Is it well-founded in this draft form? We're going to tackle all of that. And then we're going to take a quick pivot. We're going to go to Congress, to Congressman Jeff Van Drew. If that name sounds familiar, he was a lifelong Democrat in New Jersey who flipped parties in 2020, became a Donald Trump supporter moved to the Republican Party, has become a prominent voice in the Republican Party. And oh, by the way, after switching parties in his New Jersey district, he handily won re-election. His own constituents endorsed his party change. He has a lot to say. He's been talking about the Secretary Mayorkas and all the shenanigans at the border, like the stuff we covered yesterday on the podcast. He also wrote an extraordinary op-ed in the last few days asking, where are the moderate Democrats? Where did they go? Why are they allowing their party to drift so far leftward that they risk being disconnected from an entire generation of Americans? He also is a big advocate of Republicans coming up with a contract, a pro-policy prescription for America. Lots of fun things to talk about with Congressman Jeff Andrew. We've got a great great show back to back to back so why waste any more time let's take a quick commercial break hear from our great partners our sponsors our advertisers and then we'll come right back first up judge kenneth Starr on the extraordinary moments in the supreme court last night followed by congressman jeff andrew new jersey a democrat who is now a republican two great guests right after the commercial break Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way 
nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick house nutrition and of course field of greens all you got to do to take advantage of this offer visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code just news that's promo code just news at fieldofgreens.com don't wait go to fieldofgreens.com today use the promo code just news for 15 percent off hey folks it's john solomon here today i want to shine a light on amac an organization who's dedicated to america's seniors but is vital for conservatives of all ages amac stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. We have a fantastic guest to talk about one of the most dramatic stories in Washington, though, certainly in the last few years. Joining us right now, the former Solicitor General of the United States, a former appeals court judge and the former Whitewater prosecutor, one of the great legal minds in all of the country, uh, Kenneth Starr joining us. Judge Starr, good to have you on. Hey, John, thank you. So an extraordinary leak uh, last night. The chief justice has now confirmed that this is a document that shouldn't have been leaked. It is authentic early draft of something. Your first uh, perception when you heard about this last night? Well, twofold. Uh, one, I was desperate to read the opinion, and I have. I've got some comments on the opinion. I have read it. But secondly, uh, the chief justice uh, in a statement today described it as egregious uh, and, and so it is. Obviously, it's a firing uh, offense. It, it should be more than that. It's so egregious. It's so outrageous. And everyone is saying that, anyone who's thoughtful and understands the court and its uh, process. And it's truly unprecedented. And we knew I served as a law clerk for two years for Chief Justice uh, Warren Berger. And we knew that we had really a very sacred trust 
of confidentiality. We wanted to be warbling about anything with anyone about what was going on in chambers and the court and so forth. Right. And that has been just so respected uh, until the last generation. I mean, we've had tell-all books, right? Right. Uh, from time to time. So it's not as if the leaking of confidential information is unprecedented, but this truly is the leak of an actual opinion itself that is still being considered by the court. So it is unprecedented. And so uh, someone obviously is going to face, uh, if the leak can be found, uh, it is significant. One other thing I would note is that the Chief Justice uh, has directed the marshal of the court to conduct the investigation. Uh, He has not referred it to the FBI. So there's no suggestion that this is somehow a criminal offense, but it doesn't take away from the seriousness of this profound breach of the confidential duty. Uh, Chief uh, Justice uh, William Brennan, a great friend of the First Amendment, was uh, fond of saying to his law clerks, hey, there's a five-minute rule around here. If you're seen or known to be talking to a reporter, you have five minutes to pack up and get out. (laughs) Probably good advice, yeah. Someone might be packing right now. We'll have to wait and see. Right. It's amazing. We've crossed a lot of Rubicons in the last 20 years. We saw the CIA's crown jewels leaked, uh, uh, the NSA's crown jewels leaked by Snowden. We've seen lies to the FISA court that no one could have imagined 20 years ago. Now this moment where somebody takes the private deliberations of the court, blasts them out there before a final decision. Do the justices ever feel that level of comfort again after this? Or is this one of these breaches that has a lasting effect? No, it it will be an enduring uh, effect, and it will, of course, uh, weigh very heavily, I think, in terms of how the justices uh, uh, assess uh, the character of their uh, of their law clerks. Uh, and by the way, whoever, and I'm assuming it is a law clerk, we don't know that, uh, but if it is, then it's someone who, of course, uh, essentially has a moral contract with his or her justice to conduct themselves appropriately. And here we just see, once again, the breakdown of uh, institutions, the breakdown of the basic principles that have bound us uh, together, uh, ties of honor and so forth. So, yes, it's going to affect everything. This is going to be, as Justice Holmes would say, a brooding omnipresence uh, over the court, a terrible (laughs) shadow. Yeah, no, it really is. It's it's remarkable. Now let's get into the substance of the draft. It, it appears to have been written by Justice Alito. Certainly sounds like him when you look at it. Court seems to not uh, dispute that. What do you think when you look at some of the reasoning in this early draft? Obviously, it could change. We know that. But what what was your some of your assessment of the legal underpinnings of the early draft? It's very impressive. Uh, it's a very admirable Justice Alito comprehensive opinion. He takes on every kind of uh, argument. He does not ignore anything. He sweeps nothing under the rug. Uh, And what he concludes is that Roe versus Wade and then Planned Parenthood versus uh, Casey uh, were egregiously wrong. But he doesn't just say that. He explains it in very well-reasoned terms. And then he comes to grips with uh, the issue of should we stay the course, so-called stare decisis. 
uh, and he has a remarkable passage with a footnote that goes over for a page. I haven't counted the number of cases yet where the court has overruled its constitutional decisions. And of course, he uses a, a, a great example in Brown versus Board of Education, one of the greatest opinions decisions of the Supreme Court in its history, uh, overruling uh, a, a case that had been on the books for 50 years, Plessy versus Ferguson. He also uses an example of uh, a, the flag salute case from World War II, where the court overruled a decision that had been handed down only three years prior. So longevity doesn't count or freshness doesn't count. What counts is, is the decision wrong? And his dissection of Roe versus Wade is just very comprehensive. And I think to a fair-minded person should be viewed as, yes, it's very fair. You might disagree with it, but it's fair, it's well-reasoned, uh, and very powerful. And one of the things that he makes very clear is Planned Parenthood versus Casey in 1992 purported to end the debate over abortion. Well, did that succeed? Of course not. So the court really got out of its lane in Roe versus Wade. It was uh, quite wrong. And I'm not sure about the policy. I'm talking about the constitutionality of uh, the abortion uh, decision uh, to take it away from the states and the elected representatives and the like and to say, we're in charge here, a sort of Alexander Haig moment. Uh, and so stop the debate. We have spoken. And this is not the nature of a democratic society. And so he quotes Alexander Hamilton, Federalist 78, that the court is to exercise and to render judgments and not to impose its will. And that's what the reign of uh, abortion jurisprudence has really been for this last almost really half century. Yeah, it's an amazing track record, actually, when you think about it. There's an interesting development. You, uh, Justice Alito and the late Justice Ginsburg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, actually shared a common belief that the way Roe was constructed, they obviously come from different ideological perspectives. I'm sure Ruth Bader Ginsburg supported abortion rights. Uh, Justice Alito clearly does it, but they both agreed. I think uh, if I remember correctly, Justice uh, Ginsburg wrote that it was a heavy handed judicial invention that was difficult to justify. I think that was one of her things. Uh, you can even disagree about the outcome uh, or the uh, policy, but also realize that the way a ruling was constructed was faulty. Do you think any liberals will look honestly at this and say, well, Ginsburg said this too, and, and it just was a bad ruling? Do you think there'll be any bipartisanship on this, or do you think it, it becomes this divisive issue once again? No, I think everyone is locked into yeah. his or her uh, position in terms of how to analyze the abortion issue. Uh, now, in fairness to Ruth Ginsburg, who did, in fact, uh, criticize in her James Madison lecture at New York University Law School, Roe v. Wade on the analysis and the reasoning, but she would have justified abortion rights under equality. That's right. And to his credit, uh, the Equal Protection Clause, and, and to his credit, Justice Alito takes that on as well. And whether one's persuaded or not, here's my point. He, in this very thorough draft opinion for the court, we shall see, I think, very effectively responds to every uh, argument. He leaves absolutely nothing where you'd say, well, he didn't take on this issue or that issue. 
including the change in circumstances, the change in society, as well as the change in science uh, that shows that Roe v. Wade had just very, very weak underpinnings, both constitutionally and factually. Wow. Yeah, there's no doubt. I know there's no script for this, Judge, but the court's been rocked by this. It still has to get this decision out out of the way and give the American public a final thing. Do you have any sense of what the best way is for the court to navigate this so that people trust the final ruling whenever it comes out later this year? Yeah, it's uh, like a sports event, right? Take baseball. We've had a a bad game, right? But the team has to stay on the field the next get the job done, uh, and, and happily, they're not coming up against an artificial uh, deadline of we've got to get this out by the end of next week or whatever. Right. They can take their time, absorb this blow, and then just say, we've got to do our job. So it, the, the Chief Justice, I think, not that he needs to play the role of coach, is really saying this is not going to, part of his statement is this is not going to affect us. So if you thought you were going to affect us, whoever you are, you're wrong. And may that be so. Yeah, that would be the best way for the institution just to keep performing the way it always is intended. One last question. I know you're busy on the road. The one thing you see in the political article is a division. All right, the five obvious conservative justices appear to be on one side. You get the three liberals. The chief justice doesn't seem to be declared if you believe the political article, which seems to be accurate. Where do you think Justice Chief Justice John Roberts will come down on this? I think from his... uh both his philosophy and his questions at oral argument, and that's an imperfect uh, guide at best, but his philosophy would certainly allow uh, Mississippi to regulate in this area. He may stay the course in terms of undue burden analysis that all things considered, this is not an undue uh, burden with uh, you know most uh, elective abortions uh, being uh, carried out uh, before the, the 15 weeks, et cetera. Right. So I think he could stay with existing the Mississippi law. I would be very surprised if he actually came down on the other side. That is to say that Mississippi's law would, would fall. So I think there's more likely than not six votes to uphold the Mississippi law. But, of course, the big question is, will Chief Justice Roberts actually join an opinion to overrule Roe v. Wade? It would look right now that he's not prepared at this stage to say yes. Yeah, that seems to be the case. So he's sort of in the middle and upholding the law, but avoiding a reversal of Roe v. Wade. The other five seem to be in that camp. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see. Judge Starr, it's always an honor to have you on the show. You always make complex things sound simple and understandable to all of us, and we're very, very grateful. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for including me. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have a conversation about the border right after this. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, 
You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Very excited to have this next guest on my show. He just wrote a really powerful op-ed questioning where all the moderate Democrats are in the country. He himself, a former Democrat, now a Republican, Congressman Jeff Van Drew from the great state of New Jersey. Congressman, great to have you on the show today. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's great to be on. Before we get started on some of the great work you're doing, and I want to just ask you about that epic moment last night, an extraordinary leak from the United States Supreme Court on a draft opinion. Uh, when you heard word of that, your, your first impressions? Uh, so sad for the country. So sad for our government, sad for America. This, again, in so many ways, and this is just one more instance, and we have to get to the bottom of this and find out who leaked this out. In the history of the Supreme Court of the United States of America, this has never happened. Uh, And this is somebody using the Supreme Court, and I don't care what side it is, liberal, conservative, whatever it is, we've got to get to the bottom of it. I have an idea what I think it is, but I'm not going to speculate on that. But you, you just, the Supreme Court is sacrosanct. The Supreme Court is sacred. And it is, uh, you know, one of our finest institutions. And I can't imagine how the justices must feel. Um, so, I, in fact, I, I, I sent out a release today saying just how disgusted I was with it. And we have to go to any length to find out what law clerk or whomever uh, was guilty for doing this because it was wrong. It's trying to influence the political marketplace um, by utilizing and misutilizing the sanctity of the Supreme Court. Yeah, we've seen a lot of this in a couple of decades. Uh, we've seen, you know, the Snowden leaks. We've seen the FISA leaks with Carter Page. We've seen 
you know, almost every institution be undercut by people who decide that their political interest is more important than the institution or the government or America's interest. Have we reached a cultural point where people no longer care about the sanctity of government? How do we change that culture if, if we've reached that point? Well, to some degree we have, and the way that we change it is by getting people in office who really do care and want to restore the sanctity of America. Every day that I speak at a group, it could be a bipartisan group or a Republican group, or whatever group it is, a chamber right. of commerce, I, I, I talk about American exceptionalism and Americanism. And um, it, it, it's so important. It's so important to realize what an amazing, unbelievably great country we have. And, you know, we constantly hear about the shining city on the hill. Right. Well, it, it loses its shine when we do things like this. So we need good people that uh, the average person can emulate and, and, and believe in, that are honest and truthful and that care about the country and, you know, most of all, want to do the right thing. Um, when you have leaders like that, and we need strong leaders. So r right now, for example, I, I can only say why some people, you know, would be unhappy with what's going on in America. So they they see that the border is wide open. And I know I'm moving to another subject, but yeah, it's all an important subject. Yeah. And and they see that they're being told in instances that the, the president is fighting that they still have to wear masks when on airplanes, even though a judge has said, no, you don't, uh, and that the CDC didn't have the right to say and do what they did. But that we're really pushing for, just average Americans going to an airport, getting on a plane. But we have no problem with people coming across the border from God knows where. They're not, even, they're not all from Mexico. They're not even all from that area of the world. With God knows what diseases sometimes. Right. Some of them are terrorists. Some of them are criminal. Some of them are involved with the drug cartel. Some of them are abusing the poor kids and women that are coming across at the same time, raping them, beating them, etc. And that's okay. And that's okay that they haven't had COVID tests. And they come into the country and we scatter them again, God knows where, uh, sometimes in the middle of the night. Now, you cannot conduct America's government that way and get respect, I believe, from the majority of America's people. Yeah. That's just one example of many. The supply chain, giving up our dominant position in energy, which we had. Uh, the fact that in, uh, across our cities now, across the country, that crime has increased to such a degree. And you know what? Now they don't want to admit. Democrats are trying to, you know, wiggle their way out of, you know, defunding the police. Right. The bottom line is they did want to defund the police. There are many that still do. And calling it reimagining or whatever they want to do. <laughs> Uh, you know, you, they, they're not going to fool the American people, are they? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The American people are way smarter than that. They are. You had, I thought, sir, one of the most important op-eds of the year uh, just a few days ago, asking the, the really profound question, which is, are there any moderate Democrats left? Where are the moderate Democrats? Where are the Democrats that used to represent the working class, that used to represent the people that live in the cities that are now overrun by crime or inflation? Tell me, tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write that and the concern behind it. What, what are you seeing? This leftward drift of the Democratic Party seems to be disconnecting Democrats from real America. 
Oh, it is. I mean, people don't people don't believe that in second grade that your children should learn uh, about sex changes and all kinds of things that are just something that's not appropriate in school. People are concerned that and this is, these are all dem- left wing Democratic policies that we, you know, are at a point in time now where our energy production is reduced. Therefore, instead of producing our own energy, even fossil fuel, which is cleaner than the other fossil fuels that are out there from the other countries, no, we've decided, when I say we, the Democrats decided, the majority and this president, that it was better to go to Venezuela, better to go to the OPEC in the Mideast, better to go to Russia, we were still getting, you know, oil from Russia. I think if if that was, not, you know, obviously people knew that we were, but right. I, I bet you Biden would still be doing it if it wasn't revealed. Yeah. So we literally went from number one, the dominant energy influence, strong America, to now we're on our knees. And we're on our knees in so many ways. We're on our knees to China. You know, when, uh, when, when China just tells us basically, and, and literally did, some of their staff and ambassadors, said that, you know, you were a weak, uh, a weak country that literally tell people that, you know, represent the United States of America statements like that. So how, how can you expect a connect between the people of the United States of America, most of them, and, and this government that the Democrats have put together? I meet people every single day that are Democrats or were Democrats, but are going to be voting Republican every day, yeah. every day. I mean, uh, the last conversation I had last night, I had to go out and get something to eat with uh, one of my staff people. And I was walking out and there were two ladies there and they just came up to me, said, hello. They were very nice. And they said, by the way, we used to be Democrats like you were. And they said, we just can't do it anymore. This is not the party again that we knew and it's not. So what I want to know, though, is and, and I try to point out in that editorial. So now we've got, you know. 40, 50, you know, Democrats or more that are saying, yes, they they believe that we should keep Title 42 as well. And, you know, they're pushing for it, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm glad. Number one, I'm glad because you take whatever you get. Right. You know, but but number two, where the hell were you months and months and months and months ago when all this stuff was happening? It's not just Title 42, and it's just not the, uh, you know, expediting them immediately back, which is something else they're going to get rid of, back to the country they came from, or or the, you know, stay in Mexico policy, or working with the Northern Triangle to make sure that there were places for these people. There's many things. There were many things, including building the wall that our last president was doing and, and the last administration was doing that we're not doing now. So, you know, okay, so Title 42, you're upset and ex- excited about it because that's really going to increase the numbers like we've never seen before. And you know what? They know an election's coming. And that's not the way to make public policy. Do the right thing from the beginning. You know, when I was a Democrat and the Democrats were wrong, and that was a good deal of time, and it, it occurred more and more as, as time went along, I spoke out. I spoke out. You did? You know, and I can, and, and, and I was proud to do it because I knew what I thought was right and was wrong. And, you know, somebody was uh, speaking uh, who was an assemblyman and said they, they, they were introducing me somewhere. And they said, you know, I remember this guy years ago when he was a Democrat and we had a Republican governor, Christie, and he, he gave a speech. And, of course, the Democrats all sat 
and the Republicans all stood up. But one part of the speech was real important to me. We're taxed to death in New Jersey. And he talked about how it had to stop, how we had to start controlling budgets, how we had to stop spending the way we were, and we had to stop taxing the way we were. Well, hell, I got up and clapped. Because that's right. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And more Americans want to hear that, too. They do. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. It's amazing. So that's what my editorial was about. It was just saying, where were you? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, there's an election coming. And after the election comes, if you were to maintain the majority, which they will not, you're just going to go back to doing what you were doing. How can you say you're a moderate and go along with all this stuff? Yeah. It's such a moment to call out people and to remind them that they got in this business not to support a party, but to support a country first. And I think your op-ed did such a great job at, at reminding people of that, of that responsibility. It's been two years since you made the flip. Uh, you look back, any regrets? Are you happy where you are? Very happy. Yeah. Very happy. Uh, uh, I have to say to my Republican colleagues that they have all welcomed me with open arms. They've been great. Um, and I, you know, say what I believe and, you know, I guess this is the reality. It's it's kind of a funny story there. Um, not this last Senate president, but the one before Cody, who was Senate president and governor at the same time for a little while, he used to get mad at me and he'd say, you know, I don't know why the hell you're a Democrat. When I was a Democrat, (laughs) you're always pushing Republican ideas, but you want to just become a Republican. So, you know, I, I just laughed, and, right. and that was the end of it. And I saw him relatively recently, and he said, I can't believe what you did. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you actually became, you, you changed over to, you know, and he was trying to make it out to be a bad thing. I said, hey, you were the one that told me to do it. So, you know, I, <laughs> I, I guess the point is that I'm real happy. Uh, you know, I, I share similar philosophies in so many different things. And um, as I said, they treated me very, very well. And a lot of Democrats, you know, are accepting of it, you know, as far as in the legislature. And there are a few that aren't. And the few that aren't, that's too bad. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Not only are the Republicans in the establishment, your own district embraced you because you won re-election after switching parties. And that says something about the people in your own district that support what you did. I, I love the people in my district. And remember... I had about $3 million. The person I ran against, Amy Kennedy, Ted yes. Kennedy's daughter-in-law, had yep. $13 million with the IEs. And we still won, and we weren't even in the margin of error. So it shows people really can think about what they're doing if you give them the information, if you fight for them and stand up for them. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I want to take you to one other place that I know you've been a big advocate of. I've heard this from other Republicans. Um, it's important for you, not for the Republicans, not only to say what they're against in the Biden Democratic agenda, but to also have a positive plan for America. Do you feel good that Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans are going to be able to do some form of a contract, a commitment that tells Americans we're not only against this, here's what we do if you give us the gavel and we're in charge? Absolutely. Because you just undo a lot of it is undoing the things that they did. So, yes, you do build the wall. Yes, you do have borders. Yes, you do make agreements with these other countries to hold these people back and stop the flow of folks in. Yes, you do support our police and make sure they're getting what they need and that we're not reimagining them, that we're not taking away, you know, qualified immunity, that we're not hurting them. Yes, you no, you don't wokeify. You promise 
not to wokeify our military services and make sure that they are also getting what they need. Let me tell you, Ronald Reagan said, and it's always true, and I always quote it, and I always will, that no country is ever attacked because it's too strong. We need a strong America in every way. We need a strong America in energy. Uh, I, I have no problems with, you know, renewables and non-fossil fuels. But, you know, the real truth is, and Elon Musk said it the other, the other day, and he's somebody that's obviously into, you know, electric cars and so forth. He said, but you can't do it all immediately, and we're always going to need for quite a while fossil fuels. And here's from somebody who's really on that side. They're pretending that they're going to do this in a few years, yeah. but meanwhile run up all the costs like crazy. They are. And it, listen, we've only moved the uh, reliance on after hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars. Some people put it at a trillion dollars of federal investment. We've only moved the fossil fuel consumption down 2% worldwide. We clearly, it's going to be here for a while. And we, we should have a better plan than just keep spending money at something that's not going to happen short term. And I think you, you've been very common sense on that and arguing that. Last question, because I, I, I saw you do this last week. I think there's been a lot of embracing of this concept. You, uh, you, you stepped up last week and suggested that Secretary, Homeland Secretary Mayorkas step down. There's a lot of good reasons, right? There's the border. There's also this disinformation office. What's your perception of his role as a cabinet secretary? And would you support impeaching him next year if Republicans had the gavel? I, I, I don't like impeachments, but I would support impeaching him. Uh, he has been so weak, so feckless, and has lied so much. Uh, I've never seen somebody who just has sort of that blank stare and speaks to you, I'd say with you, but really doesn't, yeah. and just doesn't tell the truth. I mean, uh, and, and, and misstates the obvious. I mean, you ask him, do you think there's any problem at the border? And he says, not really. Uh, what, what the heck? Again, what does that what mean? <laughs> talking about? What does that mean? And, that, and now we have a disinformation czar. So really, the people who were putting out the disinformation are actually the ones creating this post. And these people want to make sure that we don't get the right information. So in some cases, you know, where people want to say something, just even average people, whether it's presidents or whether it's just folks on the street, we're going to have a board that is going to be run by the government that is going to decide uh, whether it's disinformation or not and tell people what to do. People can figure this stuff out. That's we right. don't need some big governmental board that also is costing us a lot of money to tell us what to do, how to lead our lives, and what to think. I mean, now we really, you know, I never thought there'd be a day where realistically you could say it's almost like we're getting to be communists, but it, it almost is. Um, you know, I, I remember the famous story when, Eisenhower, this is going way back, but when Khrushchev said to him, your children's children's grandchildren will be under communist rule. So let's make sure that that prediction does not come true. Yeah, such an important goal to aspire to. Sir, it's such an honor to have you on. Always enjoy the conversation and all the work you're doing in Congress. You're always making a difference. And for that, we're very grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, It's a great honor to have you on, sir. Thank you very much. You take care. Bye-bye. You as well. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Wow, two amazing interviews. Uh, big thanks to Judge Starr. Big thanks to Congressman Van Drew, two people that have made a lot of history, who speak their mind, who are candid, who bring to interviews like this news and facts that you can take and understand yourself and digest. And we're always, always grateful for that. Really excited about that. Now, before we go, we have had a lot of conversations on this show about the state of the economy, about the state of the stock market. We are in stagflation, folks. We said it months ago. We told you months ago that this was headed in that direction. We had great guests on here who warned us about that on a daily basis. We feel very good that we were giving you solid information. So many of the predictions on this podcast have come true. Philip Patrick, who's on here often, was probably the leading edge. He's from Birch Gold Group, one of our partners. He gave you the skinny early and smartly and wisely. He was right. He said, we're going to go inflation long-term, not transitory. He's right about that. Two, interest rates would have to go up reactively. He was right about that. Three, the economy would go in reversal and we would see stagflation. And that just happened in the economic report released a few days ago. Well, our good friends at Birch Gold, where Philip works and who does all that great work, well, they've got an offer for you. Why? Because they want to give you an opportunity to learn on how you can turn to precious metals, gold and silver particularly, and find a way to protect your retirement, protect your 401k, protect your IRA. There are qualified IRAs and 401ks that you can now invest in gold, stabilize your portfolio and a free falling stock market. And it's really simple. There is a zero obligation info kit that Birch Gold put together. I love it. I use it. I got it myself. I've educated myself. I'm a lot smarter because of it. Here's how you get it. All you got to do is text the words just news, one word, text the word just news to 989898. That's really simple, right? Just news to 989898. And our good friends at Birch Gold Group will send you a info kit on how you can convert to a tax sheltered retirement account that invests in gold and silver. It's very simple. It's educational. Whether you do it or not, getting the book and knowing that it's an option is a great education. Here's what you got to do. It's very simple. Just text the word Just News to 989898 and you'll be up and running in no time learning about this incredible opportunity to bring precious metals into your retirement portfolio. We love having Birch Gold Group on. I think we're just a few days away from having Philip Patrick back on and doing another analysis of where we are in the economy. But in the meantime, get that book. It's a tremendous learning experience. I didn't know there were options in our 401k and IRAs for this very investment. So a really good deal. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. A busy, exciting day. Big thanks to our guests, Judge Ken Starr, 
And of course, Congressman Jeff Van Drew. You have a great night. Check out our TV show tonight. We've got a lot of great guests, including Senator Ron Johnson will be on. That'll make some news. You know that well. But until then, may God bless you. May God bless this extraordinary country of the United States. And thank you for listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now.